Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. I want to be a church that, come on, we have fun. Our kids have fun. You know, here's the thing. They got their whole life to work out uh, what God wants to them to be and do. But right now, they need to know that Jesus will make a difference in their life. Come on. And uh, it's good for them to know that. Let me tell you a little bit about our church before we get into what we're doing. Uh, I, I, like, uh, I like a little bit of feedback. I like a, a church that's not boring. Uh, for for, for me, some of you who don't know me, uh, I, uh, in school I was ADHD. And so there was a tap, a beat, something going on all the time. So I like that. I remember... Um, uh, uh, someone not too long ago that said, hey, I, it was hard for me the first couple times I came to the church because everybody was, yeah, that's good, that's right, that's good. And, then, and they were responding. And I, I came from a church where everyone was very quiet. And so I kept getting mad at everybody, like, be quiet, he's talking. But I, I like a little bit of that. Now, I don't want you to take over, but uh, I, 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 I want if, hopefully, uh, I say something that's funny. Uh, you can laugh. It's okay. God's not going to be mad. I mean, he's like, can I laugh in church? I don't know. Can we have a good time? I don't know. It's holy. Um, I, I, think that, I think that God has a sense of humor. And come on, you know you've met some people that you're like, okay, God has a sense of humor. So uh, don't, even, don't even play. I know you've thought that. But no, we want to have a good time today as we uh, talk about how marriage matters. You know, they, they say that pictures have a thousand words. And, you know, with all of our social media and all that's going on with, with our media, have you ever seen a picture that, to, to be honest, you weren't going, but when you saw the, the waterfall, the scenery, the whatever, you were like, okay, we have to go, we have to go there. Come on. Uh, anybody ever done that? You know, the, the truth is, and especially for us as uh, we, we have four kids, there have been countless parks and places that we've visited just because a friend of a friend of a friend posted a picture and we were like, oh no, we have to go there. And, and I think here, here's the thing that I would want to say before we begin talking about marriage is that God has a picture for marriage. God has a picture for our marriages. God established marriage. He has a picture for marriage. And I pray that over the next couple of weeks as we talk about marriage, that it begins to be so attractive that you're like, okay, I, I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to produce that in my life. I want to produce that type of marriage, that picture. Because here's the thing is, you know, we've all been now, uh, we, we've met people where, you know, marriages um, had some hardship. We, we've met some people that, that or, or we've even been in a situation where, uh, man, it, man, it was tough and, and people were hurt because of something that happened or something that didn't happen or, or whatever. And so what happens is if we're not careful, it will jade our perspective of how God set up marriage and we will be reactive in life, we'll, we'll be, become reactive because um, you know something happened, or even something that's happening in our marriage right now, and we will respond to a place out of hurt. But I'm hoping that anything that happens from this stage, that God begins to heal you, God begins to help you, and God begins to move you into a place where your marriage uh, can thrive. Um, I, I believe that there is a picture that God has for marriage. And, and because of hurts, habits, and hang-ups, um, we've all been affected by people. And so how do we reconcile a thriving marriage and people? And it makes us ask these questions. God, what, what's your picture of marriage? What's your plan for marriage? Uh, why is marriage so difficult? Come on, any married people in the room? Why? What? Our marriage is great. We never fight. You lying. Lying in church. A lying church. You know, why is marriage so difficult? Why is it so hard? Another thing, come on. Anybody ever thought this? You know, God, if you really cared about my marriage... Uh, you, you would have gone ahead and fixed my mate. You know, I've been praying. I've been praying a long time that you would fix them, and they're not fixed yet. And so I, I'm, I, I'm wanting you to fix them. You know, there was this pastor, this preacher, he was doing this wedding, and it was, they were going through uh, just some details about the wedding, and the, um, the groom came up to the pastor and said, uh, hey, 
uh, shook his hand and had a $100 bill in his hand. And he said, here's what, here's what I need you to do. Um, you know the, the vows part, the, the, when we exchange the vows, you know that, that part? And he goes, yeah, I pretty much know that part. And he goes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to remove the, the uh, love, honor, faithfulness, and, and, and l- never looking at somebody else. Just take that part out of the wedding. Just skip right over that, and let's just continue on. And uh, I, I think we'll have a great wedding. And the groom walked off, and the, the pastor's just looking at him like, and so the, the, the day of the wedding got there, and they're both there, and, and uh, the, uh, they, they come to the part where it's the vows, and, and the, the, the groom kind of winks at the pastor, and the pastor winks back, and, and uh, the pastor says, uh, now to the groom, and he's like, yeah, and he goes, uh, do you promise, and there's like, the, the pastor's voice changed, he said, do you promise to, to treat her like a princess, to wash her feet every night, to give her breakfast in bed. Do you promise? And went on and on to to be truthful and helpful and to always take out the trash, to help around the house every day, to never look at another woman. And it was just on and on. And and the groom is just kind of shrinking back and and, and very, very quietly, very still. He goes, yes. And, and, and the pastor begins to move on and, and the groom is frustrated and he hisses at the pastor and he goes, hey, I thought we had an agreement. And the pastor gives him back the $100 and said, I got a better offer. <laughs> Listen, we all have our ideas of what would make a great marriage. Katie and I have been married for 15 years and, and I think that one of the reasons that this content that we're going to talk about, this sermon series, is, is, is exciting for us is because both Katie and I came from broken homes. Both Katie and I came and we were trying to figure out how to put our marriage together because the truth of the matter is there's a lot of people that I respect. There's a lot of people that I see that serve God and are hungry for God. But yet, just because you um, love God and love the church does not mean that your marriage will be adversity free. And I think that there is this happily ever after thing that we do, that we speak about in church, and we sometimes romanticize and feel like if we insert God, there will be this bluebird on our shoulder, and we'll just grab each other's hand, and we'll kind of just dance on, and life will all work out, and we will have the house we want, the job we want, everything we want, and it'll just work out because we love God. And, and here's the thing, is that I do believe that God has a picture for marriage, and I believe that God has principles for us that if we will apply, that our life can thrive in, in, in marriage. You know, Katie and I, we have made some mistakes in marriage. We've learned some things. And we've had some victories, and, and we want to share those with you. I can say that, that my wife is my, my very best friend. I mean, we talk about everything. There is nothing hidden between us. And so I think that because we were able to look at some concepts in the Word, they begin to shift. Because here's the thing. If we don't know the Word, we live on how we feel. That's how, that's how everything is. Anything that does not become revelation cannot become a compass. And so our compass is now how we feel or what we think or what we listen to. And so we've all, come on, we've all grown up with movies and, and knights and princesses and, and all of that. And so if you're not careful, here's what you'll do. You'll think like um, culture thinks about love and marriage, but you'll love God. And so that's why we got to get into marriage and we got to talk about God's picture for marriage. Our goal here over the next couple of weeks is so that you receive God's picture on marriage. The truth is God created marriage for you to thrive and for you two to win together. And I don't care any team that you're on, for the team, the whole goal is to win. But you can only win if you focus on what matters. And there are so many things that people get distracted. And come on, I can't wait for the NFL because the Cowboys are going to win. And so anyway, um, heckles, heckles, I got you. But, but um, 
And so it's funny because, you know, Dad's leaving or this, and there's so many distractions that aren't football. And in marriage, there are so many things that pop up that are not going to help you build marriage. They're just going to frustrate you, come on, and take your eye off the ball of what God is wanting you to build. For those here, I just want to let you know, a fun marriage and enjoying your spouse is not for the lucky. It's not for those that are super relational. Go ahead and turn me up just a little bit. It's not for those that are just um, great at connecting. Oh, well, you know, if I was better, you know, I'm kind of an introvert, and, and he's an extrovert, or she's an extrovert, and you know, she's friends with the world, and I'm just like, I don't like anybody. And so uh, how can we do marriage? And, and, and the truth of the matter is, and, and I can't wait for next week because we're going to talk a lot more about that, but God has a plan for marriage. And before we start, I want to go back to the basics. And here's the thing. I am going to challenge a little bit of culture's perspective because we are growing up. The Bible tells us that we are supposed to be in the world, but not of it. In the world, but not of it. And so we're going to challenge a little bit of culture. And here's the thing is I am not trying to be political. So don't even go there. Well, I just, I just feel like you're being political. Let me tell you, God had a standard way before political parties took a position. And now we are now politicizing content that, you know, we actually are fighting. Church people are fighting over life. Church people are fighting over marriage. And here's the deal is we've got to go back to what God said about it. And then we can deal with that. And so I, all I'm going to do is this is not my opinion. I'm going to read Bible verses. And then you, you don't have to like it. But, but I just need to be able to share truth in love so that we as a body can grow and think healthy thoughts about marriage and how God set it up. Is that good? Is that okay? Come on. Come on. Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. I just thought I'd start out with a verse that you won't like. So um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of like the guy that I'm just going to let you, I'm just going to give you all the cards up front. Okay, look at this. This is a Bible verse. Wives, submit to you. I, I, I know when I said, wives, oh, oh you no, circle V. But look at it. Wives, submit to your own husbands as fitting in the Lord. Listen, that is not talking about dominance. That's not talking about uh, 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 the male dominating the woman. It says what's fitting. In other words, there are some things that are not fitting. But there's some things that are. And wives, submit to your own husband. Your own husband. <laughs> In other words, there is an agreement contractually that you are going to enter in into marriage and you, in order for it to thrive, you've got to treat each other different than you treat anybody else in your life. Wives, submit to your own husband as fitting in the Lord. In other words, there is a place that God requires all of us to submit and surrender. I have to surrender my pride, my jealousy, my insecurity. I have to surrender my self-led life. And so I am under submission. And there is a place that is fitting because here's the deal. You cannot lead in two directions because there are two personalities. The car can't go left and right. Come on, baby. The car, you can't go frontward and backwards. I'm always telling my kids, they want to look backwards and walk forwards. And I'm like, poles are waiting for you, baby. I'm just saying, you, you can't do that. You, you can't go both places. And so this does not mean that, well, I, and that's why I have a problem with Christianity because they just want to take everybody back to the 1930s and you know where the women are oppressed and the men are. Listen, don't, don't give me that. As we talk about all of this, every place that the gospel has been preached, women's rights are up. Everywhere. You know why? Because Christianity is the, is the only religion that validates women and says we are equals. We are equals. Husbands. I know all your wives are like, can you read the next verse? Read it on. Come on, keep on. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Come on. 
Husbands, love your wives and don't give them the silent treatment. Husbands, love... Oh, it's getting real. Come on, somebody. Husbands, love your wives and don't be frustrated that you feel like they don't trust you. Come on. We need to turn down the air. It's getting hot up in here. Husband, love your wife. Love your wives. What does it mean to love your wife? That is not a sexual boys to men girl. That's not that. It's a whole other level. Does that make sense? And so if we're not careful, we will withhold love because we feel like they're not doing their part. But love is, I'm going to provide for you security. I'm going to slow down long enough to let you know what I'm thinking. I'm going to let you in to where I want to take us. You're going to have a voice, a part of what we're doing. And I am going to teach you and allow you to trust me because I'm going to love you because I know that me loving you means me bringing security into you and I want to meet your need. Come on. I didn't get no amen on that. Y'all wrong. Listen. All the wives are like, I really want to amen. <laughs> but it might make him bitter. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Come on, listen. This is how God set it up. This is not how our culture thinks. And so culture will always be in opposition to the way God set it up. Women, this does not say, wives, this does not say that your voice is not needed and it's not heard. That's not what it's saying. It's not what it's saying. Men, it is not saying that you are the dominant force in your marriage. I'm going to tell you how it is, woman. That's, that's, not, that's not what it's saying. That's not what it's saying. And so here's the thing. We need to understand what God says about marriage. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. We're going to walk through. I'm going to read a couple verses. And the reason I'm going back to the first family is because we need to know how God set it up. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, verse 25. And the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. And out of the ground, the Lord God will form every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was their name. And so Adam gave names to all the cattle, to all the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not a helper comparable to him. Some of your Bible verses may say suitable. There was no one suitable. And the Lord God caused Adam to fall on a deep sleep and took his rib and closed up the flesh in that place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into woman and brought her to the man. And Adam said, come on, this is the first love song. You, know, you hear the slow jam. Girl. This is the first poetry moment. You know what I'm saying? All I'm telling you is Adam was so struck. I know you read this sometimes, but this, is, this was like on the top jam hit. I'm just telling you. Now bone of my bones. Flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman hook, woman hook. I'm just saying. Because she was taken out of man. And look at this, 24. And therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they will become one flesh. Hello, millennials. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just kidding. I'm going right on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen. And they were both naked. Yeah. And the man and the wife were not ashamed. Not ashamed. And I, I want to talk real quick, if you'll allow me, I want to give you four important reasons for us to talk about marriage. Four important reasons for us to talk about marriage. The first is this. It was created by God. I, I know you're like, duh. But, but, but no, seriously, it was, marriage was created by God. And the reason I wanted to read this is because we need to look at the process of what has just happened. God has just created everything in seven days. First day, light. Second day, water, separations. Third day, ground. Fourth day, sky. Fifth day, birds, sea creatures. Fifth day, land, animals, man, woman. Seven day, rest. Why is that important? Because this background is important to us. Because I believe many marriages are struggling because they haven't built 
their marriage house on the concept that God alone knows how marriage works. God knows how marriage works. He created it. He created it. You cannot tell me that back when Steve Jobs was alive that he did not know how to work an iPhone. He knew how to work the iPhone. And while we were like, oh, it's a button, he knew everything that there was in this phone. And he knew not only what it was, what it could be, but he had a vision for where it was going. And you cannot tell me that God as the creator did not know what it is, know where it's going, and know where it could be. Anytime we change God's plan with our own plan, we invite, check this out, hardship and failure. We invite it. Because we're trying to make something work that will not work. God created marriage as one of the ways, check this out, for us to produce His plan on the earth. His plan. It's through coming together in marriage that marriage produces children, children produce family, family produces society, society produces nations. All of this was going to be produced because of marriage. And I understand that now our world is populated and it's easy to forget that that is still one of God's ways that he produces his plan is through marriage. And that's how he begins to change places, change the earth, change cities, change societies. Does this make sense? God created the institution of marriage for producing His plan. His plan. Everything in the Bible, all of the Bible is about Jesus. From the Genesis to the end, it's all about Jesus. Here's the thing. Because we have a, such a me-saturated culture, we think, oh, God gave it to me. God gave it to us for completing His plan. And so we are all stewards of what he wants us to do. The second thing is this. It's a major way for us to understand how to complete his assignment. He has an assignment for your life. He has an assignment for your life. Listen, man had an assignment. What was the assignment? To tend and keep. That's what we read. Genesis chapter uh, 2 verse 15. Tend and keep. Listen. He was saying, I am going to send, God was saying, I am going to send what you need to complete my call on your life. Now think about this. That is usually not how we think about it. This, it's my call on your life. Today I realize that we have married, divorced, widow, singles in here today. And I just want to set up some thoughts on this conversation before we begin go, moving through. God has many ways that he produces his plan on this earth. The church should never divide people into winners and losers. Amen. The church should never, divi never divide people. Well, you are obviously more this and you are less. Oh, and we're, and, whoa, 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 whoa. We love everybody. And God's got a plan for everybody. Yeah. And here's what I want us to see. As a Christian, we have to believe in the institution of marriage regardless if you've been hurt. We also understand that adversity happens to all of us even in our marriage. Adversity comes. And I realize that you may have been in a season where maybe even you got divorced and you wanted to do it right, but maybe they didn't or whatever. And all I can tell you is... Adversity happens and free will is apparent. And God gave us the ability to choose. But here's what I want us to know. There will be some who have the gift of singleness and they will give their lives to the church and the things of God to produce His kingdom. And God will send them what they need just like God will send the people who are going to get married what they need. Does that make sense? And so that's why we don't marginalize one or the other because there are some people, Paul said, it is a gift. 
to be single. Some people have that gift and God will send them what they need. Friends, life group, church, community, whatever, in order to get out of them what God put in them. But there are some of us that will be married and God is sending us, come on, what we need in order to get out so that we can produce His kingdom. Both are the same. Both are the same. My continual prayer is that everything we talk about here brings healing and perspective to our lives. God has always sent helpers. God has always sent help. God sent Eve to Adam. God sent Moses, this, this old dude in the, in the Old Testament, well, uh, to, to the Israelites. God sent Ruth to Naomi, Esther to the Jews, Jesus to the disciples, and God sent the house to northwest Arkansas. God sends helpers. Anybody ever been affected by a helper? A voice? Someone that spoke to that and unlocked something in your life? Absolutely. But the whole plan was this. There is an assignment on man's life, and I am putting you in the garden and bringing Eve to you so that you can complete my assignment on your life, and that is to grow this garden, baby. Grow the garden. Grow it. Listen. Tend and keep. Think about this. Tend and keep. That was what God told Adam to do, tend and keep. Take care of, take care of it, tend it. Take care of it and protect it. Marriages, can I tell you, you've got to stay together, work together, be together, grow together, become together. And here's the deal, they were naked. I ain't trying to take this into PG-13 rated R, but can we talk a little bit? Listen. Why were they naked? And I, just so many, I got so many things I got to talk about, but I'm going to be really quick, okay? But first, let me tell you something. If you are in love and you've not married yet, you in love, come on, you got your boo, you're good. My, my, you know, that's my girl, that's my guy. I'm so excited, can't wait. Does he have a job? Huh? Because here's what I'm telling you. Just listen to me. God created a cycle, and here's the thing. Here was the cycle. God made man. God put man where he wanted him. Man began to produce, and because of man's production, God brought the next thing, which was wife. Okay? All I am telling you is when we mercy Mary, come on, you're going to save him. What I'm telling you is if the first victory in his life is your heart, get ready for hurt. Because he's got to be able to put together some wins. That's just the reality. And so I'm not saying that God can't redeem it, but unless he gets a revelation of that, it will end in hurt. Is this right? Anybody ever seen that? Come on, don't get mad at me. They were naked. Let's go back to the naked part. Listen. (laughs) Listen. All I'm going to say is, why did not God, listen, did God not know how to make clothes? I mean, for real, can we get some sewing on? I mean, why were they naked? Because here's the thing. God wants you to have somebody. God, in in the context of marriage, there can be no cover-up. In the context of marriage, you get to see me naked. You get to see me vulnerable. You get to see me the way I am. And not everybody gets to see me. When I go places publicly, come on, I put on the veil. How are you? (laughs) But there is someone that gets to see me, come on, in all of my glory. And I'm not covering up with this person. I'm not covering up. Can I tell you, if you're married, you don't have a phone. And that's my phone. You better tell her that code. That's my Facebook. That's my Google Drive. You don't have none of that. You don't have any of that. Why? Because there's got to be someone that you are totally transparent with in your life because God brought them to help you. And if you hide from your help, they cannot Does this make sense? They need my, I am way more healthier now. And some of y'all, I know you debate that, but I'm way more healthier now because of 15 years of marriage. My wife has helped me. 
going to tell the truth. Your pastor used to be a cheater. You played cards with me? I was going to put that spade right between my toe, pastor. But I remember one time, I'm, I'm, I'm not playing. There was this one time we were playing spades. She was against me. I was playing with another person, passing the spade through my toe. She saw it. She got up and she said, I'm ready to go home. I'm not ready to go home. Man, I'm about to win. You're a cheater and I don't want to play with you. Then we got in the car and she said, if you ever cheat again, I will never play with you ever again, ever, any game, ever. <laughs> so, I don't cheat anymore at spades. <laughs> but, 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 but here's the deal. Oh, we, we get frustrated. Oh, tell me what to do. I do whatever I want to do. It's my toes. It's my toes. It's my car. I can do it. You just need to get over it. Why are you making such a big deal? About it? It's just spades. It's not like life. It's just like a little bit of character goes a long way. Yes. Come on, somebody. When you hide from your helper, you ain't helped. You're not helped. Mary, couples, can I tell you, there needs to be nothing between you. His office needs to know your name. You walk in, hey, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all? Her office needs to know your name. We don't hide anything. Your phone is my phone. My phone's your phone. There is no code. And if you put a code on it, I, I, all my family knows my code. I'm not trying to hide anything. Because there's got to be people in my life because I know sin is crouching at the door and it's waiting for deceive me and move me into breaking the very thing I've spent my whole life wanting to build. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God some questions. <laughs> I am. I'm going to ask God. I mean, so, uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm going to ask God the question of, okay, listen, when, 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 when Katie and I started dating, come on, we were both in college. And you know, we would stay up all night, all night. Now you call me at 9.30, I'm like, I'm in time. <laughs> Got a lot to do. But, um, but, but Mike, we wouldn't even, we would eat waffles. She didn't know how to cook the, when we first started uh, uh, um, dating. And so we had waffles every night for a year. Now we don't have any waffles ever. But, uh, um, <laughs> uh, but, but, and so, but, but we didn't even start till like 10.30, 11. You know what I'm saying? We didn't even start till then. I remember one time she was going to fix me this beautiful meal. It was a great meal. And, and, and she, she had only been cooking for like a couple days. And, um, and, so, and so she messed up on the rice and put it down the, the, the sink. And so the water hit it and it expanded. And so part of our date was uh, taking the plumbing apart. Uh, it, was, it was exciting. But, but I don't know what I'm talking about. Now I'm just telling stories. So what, what do y'all want to talk about? But anyway, no. Uh, but, but seriously, it, here's, here's the thing, is I think I'm going to ask God, God, it was great when it was just her and I. People are all the time, wow, you had four kids, you must really love kids. No, I love my wife. <laughs> and it, what's crazy is that, that we were together and we were dating, and then we had this kid in us, and then we had another kid, and then we had another kid. And then we one more kid. <laughs> and now we're sitting at the table, and I'm trying to talk to her, and all my kids are talking, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't even like y'all. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I just want to be, a, I just, can we just, we go into our room just to, to watch a show, and the kid flies the door shut, because we don't want you in here. You mean the taser on the handle didn't work? <laughs> we used to be so cool. I remember when, when we had more kids and then I had to trade my cool car for a minivan. I know, I, I remember, I would be stopping at a stoplight and a younger guy would look at me and be, I know what he was thinking, sell out. And I was like, I did, but really, the, the, the doors were electric and the stone go was really awesome. I mean, really, it's really helpful. <laughs> And I'm like, God, what, how, how come it's not like, you know, everything you give us 
causes us to grow, but if we're not careful, we will grow apart. We'll grow apart. I love the fact that you're succeeding in business, but you better not grow apart. I love the fact that everybody thinks that you're great at your work, but you better not grow apart. I love the fact that you're going to college and getting that degree. I love that, but you better not grow apart. I love, come on, is this, is this real? I love the fact that you had a lot of kids and that's great, but you better not grow apart. I love the fact that you're serving in ministry and here all the time, but you better not grow apart. Because here's what I'm telling you, is kids, business, work, finances, evil desires, disagreements, all cause us to grow apart and then we begin to clothe ourselves and we lose intimacy. Does this make sense? The third thing is this. We've got to understand that marriage helps both men and women understand their roles. It helps both men and women understand their roles. Men and women are created equal. God, God took Eve from the side of Adam, not under his feet. Men, we do not dominate or, or lord over or try to control women or our wives. That's not, the, that's not God. It is equal. It is side to side. But we are in a world that wants to have genders competing all the time. And now men and women are competing all the time. And the truth is, God did not create us to compete. Having them compete is like lettuce versus apples. It's like work versus vacation. You, you, those things are not comparable. But if we don't understand where we are created from and what need we were created, here's the thing. We will buy into culture and we will think that I can do anything you can do. Here's the thing. You can't. That does not mean you're less valued. It means that you're different. I have four kids and they all have different personalities and I am sitting down my two girls and I've got one girl that's just like a bubble of excitement. Everyone's her friend. She's super popular and everybody loves her. I've got another one that's like super deep and methodical and like has three best friends and, and so I'm talking to them about their personalities and as I'm talking to them, one is not better than the other. They're just, come on, different. Men and women are different. Both men and women were created intentionally. Both have to be reminded on who they were created to be. And a man was created to be a producer, a protector, and a provider. Done. That does not mean that women cannot go make more money than men. It does not mean that they cannot provide. It does not mean. But the function of a man is to be a producer God put Adam in the garden, he produced. God brought Jesus, he produced. God had Moses, he produced. You can't find a man that did not move that was not a producer, meaning whatever I touch, it makes, it's going to become better. I'm going to touch this family and we're going to be better. I'm going to touch this home and it's going to be better. I'm gonna I, everything that I touch, I'm going to make it better because that's God's calling on my life. Come on, is this good? Producer. A provider. You provide security, stability. Come on, you don't jerk the wheel. Jerk the wheel. Well, I'm, try, I'm trying to lead, but no, 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 you're jerking the wheel. We're moving now every five seconds. We're leaving every, I think I'm going to leave. I think I'm saying, eh, 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 eh. she's like emotionally, <laughs> she's not making any friends because she thinks we're moving. And you're like, why don't you have any friends? Because I thought we were leaving. No, 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 we're staying for a long time. Hey, y'all, I don't like your friends. <laughs> Provide security, stability. Come on. Protect. Protector. Protector. We protect. We protect. I, and, 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 and I don't know every man here, but I'm looking at you. I'm, come on, give me the eyeball. And I don't think there's a man in here at all that if something, someone's not going to come attack a woman, that we would not get up and just do. I mean, just cut your Jackie Chan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But here's the deal. Not only do we protect him from others, but we protect him from ourselves. There are times that I will tell Katie, hey, I, I can't talk about that right now. 
Or, I, you know what, hey, I just had a conversation. I'm, I'm emotional, I'm whatever, and I'll just say, hey, you know what, I need a little bit of time. And she doesn't go, what, just tell me, just tell me, just tell me. We're supposed to be naked. Just tell me. She, just, <laughs> she gives me time because here's the deal. What I'm doing is I'm protecting her from me. And so I need you to give me like 10 minutes till I get myself together. I need to get myself composed and then I will bring to you the concern that's on my heart. But if I tell you right now, I'm going to tell you louder and I'm going to tell you with a more red face. I'm, does this make sense? Come on. Listen, God created women. Women. Three ways that God created women. And, 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 and we see this through scripture. God created women to be beautiful. Listen, and I know that that brings a lot of like anxiety, you know, because when we typically think beautiful, we think waist size and other size thing. And some hand. But what I'm telling you is that is not it. Don't mix up beauty with sexy. Does it make sense? You all have met a woman that when she walks in, the room is light and you're like, oh, wow, I just love her. I just love her. And it doesn't matter because God created. Listen, Adam had a chance to pick someone else. We've, we, see, we miss that sometimes. It says that Adam was naming all the animals and there was not another suitable helper found. Meaning he went to the elephant and he goes, what's up, baby? How you, I like your trunk. And, 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 and it was like, well, this is not going to fit. This is not going to work. It's a, it's a little too much. And then he went to the, 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 the alligator and he was like, hey, how you? I'm just kidding. Yeah, and, and, and he went and he looked for another suitable helper, but he found nothing that's what the Bible says he found nothing and then God brought him come on what he needed what he needed listen and, and when he looked at her he was like how you doing <laughs> hey <laughs> listen the, the truth of the matter is, she was beautiful. She was different. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't that she was just naked, but, but it was, it was, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? Pimp walk. You know, listen, if we're not careful, we will attract um, what, what we think beauty in this world is. And can I tell you that when the world says beautiful, they mean sexy. That, that's what they mean. That, that's what they mean. And you can look at Disney Channel stars that have beautiful voices and a beautiful personality, and you can watch them over 30 years, and you can see because the world, it's never enough. We always want more, and we always want you to show more. That's the world. You know what I'm saying? The woman was supposed to be a helper. Helper, meaning I, Eve was God's gift to man to help produce what God, does that, you're a helper. You're a helper. That doesn't mean that you can't lead. It doesn't mean that you can't lead here. I'm just telling you, there are going to be moments when we have women leading and speaking and doing and holding groups and doing. I, I, I'm not saying that, well, we're, we're, only men are going to lead. No, I, I, I don't, I don't see that in Scripture. In fact, you can look in the New Testament, and there was Priscilla, there was Aquila, there were other people that led, and they were women, and they helped Paul. But I am telling you, if we miss our function of helper, I help you take this to the next level. That's exactly what my wife has done. And the last thing is this. Women are life givers. They're life givers. Now, you may not know this, men, but ain't no baby coming from you. Okay? Ain't no baby coming from you. And some of you are like, what? what? Uh, yeah, never mind. Uh, there is a difference between men and women. But my fourth one is this. My fourth one is this. Is because, why, are we, why is it important for us, the church, to talk about marriage? Because culture is talking about marriage. 
culture's talking about it all the time. And here's the deal. It's devalued marriage. It's attacked marriage. It's fundamentally changed marriage. Now people have this mindset. Well, you know, I'm going to do all my fun stuff first. And then I'm going to get married. And, and you know, I'm going to go do all my backpack. I'm going to do all. I'm going to go. Because here's the deal. They feel like marriage will hold back their dreams. That's not, God, that's not what God said. What God said is, your, my dream for your life is to produce and be productive. And here's the deal. When you get married, that's what happens. And so, so is there any, like if you look at all the stats, we can see now people are waiting to 28, 29 to get married. And here's the deal. Depression is up. Anxiety is up. Why is all of that up? Because here's the deal. We are trying to say it is okay to do it a different way. And because we've legitimately, as a people, been hurt, we think it's okay. But we have a lot of people living beneath their purpose and beneath their calling. Come on. And they're prolonging who God created them to be. Because of real hurt. Listen, God has a plan for our marriages. Well, here's the deal our world has a negative view of marriage. Do you notice there was no pre marriage counseling between Adam and Eve? All right, guys, I'm gonna bring y'all together. And uh, Adam, I know you've been working on the names. That's really good. We're going to bring you all together. We're going to do 10 classes, about an hour and a half apiece. I'm going to sit down. You know, she's made different than you are. We're going to go through the biology of this. And we're going to do some science. We're going to do some stuff. I'm going to name some things. It's going to be really cool. Y'all sit down. Let's walk this through. I've also thought, man, as hard as marriage is, wouldn't like there be like a whole like book on marriage? Like, you know, Leviticus. <laughs> Numbers. Uh, matrimony. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 75 chapters of matrimony, okay? But why, why is there not all of those chapters? And it's because of this. Because God always wanted us to surrender and serve Him and have the fruit of the Spirit in our life. And let me tell you something. Two people that walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kind of good and faith, they're going to be all right. They're going to be all right. Two people that walk in these things, they're, they're going to be all right. Yeah, they're going to have some differences. Yeah, there's going to be some struggle, but they're going to be all right. Listen, a successful marriage isn't about fixing the person you're with. It's about becoming the right person. And our culture says, well, you know what? It's them. It's them. It's them. There are two things that I want to leave you with before we leave. The first is this. Marriage is not, marriage, marriage <laughs> is not about happiness. It's not about happiness. And we've wrong. I'm not happy. Well, I'm not happy every day. Like, you know what I'm saying? My wife says, we're having pork chops. I'm not happy I want steak. Well, hey, we're having steak. I'm not happy I want pork chops. You know what I mean? I, it doesn't matter. Some of us, like, you're like, oh, God, it's so hot in here. Some of you are like, do they know it's cold? Is, it like the, is this like the Eskimo church? I'm like, oh, ah. If we're not careful, we will produce a marriage that is Conditional. Marriage is about purpose. Marriage was planned. Happiness is a benefit of living spirit-led. Come on. It's about surrendering your life. When, listen, when we surrender our pride, our lust, our rejection and insecurities, our marriage begins to thrive. Come on. It's joy in your house. Joy is not because of them. I'd be happy if they would... Nobody, nobody, you have to make a choice. And we got way too many people allowing someone else to make the choice of their health, wholeness, security, their joy. Come on. There's a choice to be made. Here's the second thing that I want to say. And then I'm almost done. Your spouse was not sent to complete you. Oh, amen. We've got 
a whole millennial culture that feels like they got, you know, Jerry Maguire syndrome. You had me at hello. And like you want to be on a Titanic. Oh, Jack. I mean, it's like, hold up. There is one sent to complete you, and that is Jesus. And God wants to fill every void in your life. And the reasons that we suffocate our relationships is because we are putting too much pressure on someone who was not meant to fill the void. What we have an issue with is submitting to God. The truth is, God wants your marriage to thrive your marriage to thrive, but he wants to be the one that you seek. He is the missing part of your life and he is sending you, come on, what you need. I'm asking you to have a thought. Can you change the me to he? What, here's what I, I just, you're just not meeting my, you're just not, I, I understand that in marriage there are needs that we meet. But if you're not going to God first, then you are putting too much pressure on your mate to handle all of it. And here's what will happen. Pressure always removes oxygen from the fire. I mean, if we cap it, it can't grow. It can't thrive. God's picture for your marriage and for those of you who are thinking about marriage and maybe those of you who are single and those of you who are wondering, well, how do I know, Steve? You talked about the gift of singleness and the gift of, of marriage. How do, how do I know if I have that gift? Here's the deal. Fear will never lead you into that gift. It will be faith. Faith. When you operate in faith, you feel like I'm not missing anything. When you operate in fear, it's different. Come on. Listen, God has a picture for your marriage. Hardships and hurtful moments, God can heal those if you'll let him touch this area of your life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.